Welcome to Anything But Routine. Before we start the podcast today, we want to tell you about a brand new series that we are launching called Road to State. Follow the Kicksters on their journey to the state competition. Every Sunday at 6 p.m., we'll be launching a new video from Road to State. You can find it on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about mental health and how you can help your dancers with their mental health. We have Ta Fett, a school counselor for the Frazee School District, and a 24-year dance coach for the Frazee Dance Team. Enjoy the podcast. Cindy Clow here, and I'm so excited to have Ta Fett. She is from Frazee, Minnesota, and I have wanted to do this podcast with her for years, and we're finally getting around to it. So I'm so happy. So welcome. And I wish Thank you. Yeah, I wish you could just tell a little bit about the history of you know what you do for your job in real life and the fact how many years you coached at Frazee. So go for it. Sure. Well, I'm a school counselor in Frazee. That's my real job. I um, coached the Frazee Fly Girls for 24 years, wow. and I retired at last year after coaching for 24 years. Um, and I have also worked in theater, community theater. I've directed school musicals. So a little bit of background in performance. And yeah. we were at a we were at a coaches just a meeting at Farmington High School, and I remember some topics came up about mental health, and you you did such a great job answering people there that that's when I first thought, wow, we need to have you on. So let's just, it, it's a difficult time right now with, you know, COVID and our athletes first being shut down. Now that's in Minnesota. There's areas that are still shut down. Illinois is just locked down and so everyone in every area that will be listening to this is coming off it from a, you know, coming at it from a different place. Right. But what, I was just thinking, what can coaches do to help our athletes through this, help them thrive during this COVID? Well, I remember that conversation that we had at that meeting so clearly because we talked about the difference between disappointment and devastation. Okay. So, and I think that's one of the things that we can help with athletes. Like, what are you disappointed about? But really like that difference really it is helpful in getting kids to develop some perseverance. So this year can be, has some disappointments, you know, it's, it's different. You don't get to have the same, you know, connection with your friends. You don't get to have those uh, bonding activities. Um, the things that make the things that make being on a team special, some of those things we don't get to do. Because we all know if you have a good program and good coaches know, it's not about the dance, the winning, the it's about the relationships that are developed between the dancers and their coaches and each other. And so, you know, it, they're kind of missing out on that. And that is disappointing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Good point. And, so I think for this COVID year, the best thing that we can do for them is have the right mindset. And that mindset for us is to think about how, we, okay, 
we're back together. It's not the ideal situation, but here we are. I mean, I saw so many Minnesota coaches posting about how excited they were to be back in the gym. And that is such a great thing to do for kids because you are telling them, Hey, we've got, you know, you're, you're making it, you're making it a positive, even though it's, you know, there's some changes that are not fun, like the masks and the, you know, not being able to, you know, worrying about hooking up. Um, but, um, so just keeping that mindset, like we get to compete, you know, right. um, and you might, and I think too, like a lot of times when I think about the rules and we're hearing a lot of pushback on some of the rules, um, it's a good opportunity for kids to learn that you're not going to agree with all the rules. You don't always get your way. You, you know, they're not going to agree with every rule you make, every rule that is made at their school, every rule that's in society, but it's a good lesson that we still have to follow them. You know, and I've been pretty amazed this year. And that that's a good point because I feel like just listening to different coaches banter back and forth there, it's so much the coach's mindset too. Like yeah. if, if you verbally complain to your kids about the masks, that's going to just fuel the fire, you know? So if you don't talk about it that much, because I've had coaches go, what are your kids saying about the masks? And I'm like, you know, I, I'll ask them, are you having a harder time breathing? Well, what can we do to help yeah. And we've talked about what yeah. kind of masks to wear. And, right. you know, so, but I, I think that we all have to remember that we can't drag our personal, you know, if we're ticked off about the rules, you got to act like it's great and it's going to be fine. You know, I will, I will say that I have found a different motivation set with my kids this year. I mean, we always have a motivated team, but this year, I think you know how they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. They are like yesterday. I, as a coach was a little worried. They were getting too tired from the masks. So I said, maybe we could go home early today. We have accomplished a lot. And they were like, Nope, we don't want to go home early. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. you're going to get shut down. Right. Right. So I love your, your idea about saying disappointed in comparison to devastation. I'm going to use that with my kids because that that is a great way to get your mindset straight. Well, and like, let's just think about this time of COVID that we're in. So we're in a time where there's some girls on that team that are disappointed about the rules of COVID and disappointed about missing out on saying some things. But there's girls on your team or boys on your team. Sorry, I'm still adjusting to that. And um, but there's there's young people on your team who have family members who've been very sick who have had family members who have lost their jobs, who have lost family members. And those are devastating situations. And yeah. so if you can talk to your team about how we talk about that too, so that when you have those kids that have these devastating experiences going on in their lives, they're sitting there looking at this girl that's complaining or boy that's complaining about like, oh, you know, I have to wear this mask. And they're like, hey, I just lost my grandparent. You know what I mean? So just to be sensitive to other people's suffering. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have those opportunities to complain. So right. one thing that I think would like, I think is really good is to have, like you were saying that you were doing talking about things, right? So the last few years that I was coaching, I had little pods of girls. So it'd be like these five girls were in a pod, these five girls. And I mixed them up with like girls that kind of would balance each other out or leaders or some that were more talkative and some that were less. And those groups met once a week before a practice, you know, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour. It's always hard to give up practice time. 
I like but the- it made such a but it made such a difference because then that group and there was always a leader and that leader would and and I had a topic and they just talked about it. They don't have you know kids don't get the opportunity to talk. They don't get to talk about their feelings. They don't get to talk about their opinions in school. It's just you're learning, sitting, you know, and at the end of the day, give kids the opportunity to share in a small group. They're going to share. They do. So it's okay to say like, Hey, what has been, you know, like one topic I would do this year is what has been the hardest thing about COVID for you personally? And what has been a positive that has maybe come out of this situation? Yeah, that's great. We, you know, and we did something like this. So I'm glad we're talking about it because it was very successful for our team. And I got the idea from Austin's coach and it was on a Facebook post that she did and she had all the questions. And I think if you do something like this, it's really wise to have a full set of questions that you give them. So they they have some, and some of the questions were silly, like, um, Oh, do you have any great advice for practicing when you have period cramps? What helps you? Right. Yeah. I'm talking, you know, and it it sounded silly, but that's the stuff they want to talk about, you know? So I loved it. And we brought, we call it families on our team. We break into family. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. I haven't done it enough, but we were just talking today that now, you know how you say you don't want to waste practice time. I'm just like, never, you know, but with Zoom, you could say tonight at 930, your families are going to meet or you guys pick your time and you have to have one meeting a week with your family or you, yeah. get, you get to, you could word it different. Yeah. yeah. And I love those words you get to, because yeah. again, it, like one of the things I hope that athletes have learned from all of this is to appreciate the opportunity to go in and, and practice and oh, be with absolutely. The disappointed versus devastation, I think even adults need to be thinking about that, not just our athletes, but like we have a strong group of our Just for Kicks directors and we had a big Zoom meeting last night and we were just talking about some of them, their income has been cut in half. Yeah. They're all paid on commission and they've, right. you know, they've worked very, very hard, some of them for over 20 years building yeah. a program and it's just boom in a you know, it's gone. And we've had a lot of tears. We've had a lot of emotion. And I just said, I said last night, and I wish I would have had these words last night, because I just said, you know, you got to always compare it to, you know, we live in America. And what we think is devastating, like, oh, we can't get a new purse or a new outfit, right? Or whatever is not, oh, we don't have food. You know, if you've ever been in a third world country, it changes your mindset forever. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I feel sometimes we need to tell kids that same thing that what we think is, is devastating. Just exactly what you said about the deaths and whatnot. It's even about the material things. We just don't have a clue. Americans, most Americans don't have a clue. And you know, the, the year that it really dawned on me, and this is a year I just, I remember we were having like a, a, we were doing a bonding experience and it's called cross the line and it's, and it's really very intense. And, 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 um, you ask kids questions that are, you know, less intrusive and then you build up to more personal questions. And I realize when I'm asking questions, you start off with like, have you, you know, you know, what, you know, have you ever, or do you come from a big family? You know, 
you do, you know, just some real general questions, you know, is your favorite subject math? And you get a little bit more like, have you ever felt um, embarrassed about your body? Have you ever had anyone tease you? And what happens is you ask them to cross the line if they've had that. And they look around and they see that it's so like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that that girl felt uncomfortable. You know, they learn a whole lot. So as I'm asking these questions, which I have them in front of me, all of a sudden I realized that on my dance team of 24 girls, three of them had lost their father to suicide. Oh, my gosh. And I I remember thinking how like all of a sudden it just dawned on me this girl, this girl, this girl, because I was asking some, and I didn't ask about, I didn't ask about suicide, but in some of the questioning, it kind of made me think about it. And I realized then kids need to know Mm -hmm. that the person standing next to them has had some real serious stuff go down and that you, that you have to be very careful about how or what you complain about. Mm -hmm. Now, given that, that doesn't mean that you don't, we sh- we shouldn't take the time to mourn about things that upset us. You yeah. know, when you were, we've talked about mental health before. One of the things that um, I have done and I, my daughters have done, and I think is a highly helpful is, you know what, let yourself wallow in self-pity. You know what, take that out. Like you, if you want to have your team, like you have three minutes wallow or you have a day, you know, take that day, watch a movie, wallow in self-pity. This didn't go my way. Kick, scream, cry, but know that that's what it is, that that, you know, identify it as wallowing self-pity, but th- give yourself a time frame to do it and then done that, whatever that is that I'm wallowing about, I have wallowed in it I <laughs> and I'm going to be done with it. Do you know what I mean? Because otherwise we continue to complain about the same thing. So like, I'm going to wallow in self-pity about COVID and what it's taken away from me. And I'm going to be angry and hurt and disappointed and express that. And then tomorrow I'm putting it in a little box and I'm done with it. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore. So you have the opportunity to express it because it's important to express feelings, even when because feelings are feelings. They don't have to be like, they're not always, they're not correct or incorrect. They're just feelings. And so it's okay to have those feelings that are, you know, kind of indulgent, I should say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love all that. That is, and it's so true. I, I heard a quote, I was watching Shark Tank one night and Barbara Corcoran, the real estate guru was saying that she sees business owners that have had major setbacks, the successful ones you know, they may have the setback and complain and, and be mad about it, but they recover quicker and get back on their feet and go at it and don't wallow in it. So it's kind of the same. Exactly. It's the same. Yes. Like, have your moment, but yeah. you got it. It's not helpful to constantly be in that, mo- in that wallowing. It's, it's not helpful. It, and pity is one of the, it's just not helpful. Right. Pity is never helpful. It is helpful to have understanding. Having understanding is helpful. Like I understand how you feel, um, but pity, like poor you. Oh no, that happened to you. That is never going to help anyone. Okay, I so love yeah, especially self pity. Oh, oh like, yeah, they're constantly like, poor me, poor me, poor me. You're like, the more you say it, the more you're going to feel it, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I just yeah. feel like you know some people I want to go turn off the waterworks let's go you know and 
I'm kind of and when you were talking about the when you were talking about the business part, too. So I was just telling my friends about this new business venture of mine. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm scared. I'm sure when you started just for kicks and you started things, you know, you you start thinking about like, oh, well, you know, is this going to work? Or is this going to work? And you know what? I'm 57. I have failed at things in my life. Yeah. And you know what? You I might I might succeed. I might fail. But I know I won't succeed if I don't try. Oh, and absolutely. I love that. And sometimes, sometimes you have to do things afraid. Yeah, I agree. You we, just have to do you. You're, you have to do it afraid. Do you have any um, advice for co- confidence with athletes? Uh, yeah, that made me think of that with the failing. You know, that's the thing yeah. I teach a lot to my kids. Is you know, we talk about fail forward. If you're gonna fail, use that failure to move you forward into a new. So, you know, what did you learn from it? You know, so right. I, I like that fail forward. I watched a great video on that with um, Denzel Washington. Oh my gosh. Look yeah. it up on YouTube. It's a great one. But um, no, I don't remember where I was going with this. What, oh, we were talking about how the confidence with kids. Confidence. Well, I think one, I think one, there's a couple of things. First of all, we, we have to believe in them. And sometimes that's hard. You know, they were like, oh, that girl, Oh, is she ever going to get turns? We have to change our mindset in that she's going to get it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell a story about my first, the first year that we won a state championship. Okay. So we went into that season and I was coaching with my niece who I'd coached with from the beginning. And I had talked her into coming back another year. She was going to, she has family, you know, just other commitments, but that, so the year before she only helped me with jazz. She, we didn't get to state in jazz for the first time ever. Okay. And we were standing in line and, and for me, there's no tears. You don't cry, but here's my niece standing behind me. You know, she's in her, you know, she's in her twenties and I could hear a sniffle and I turned around and said, no, mm -mm, no. And then, um, the, we got done and I said, I think the message here is that Kelsey, you have to do another year with me. We have to do another year of coaching together and let's turn some things around. You know, we'd are, we knew we had made some, you know, like I, every season you, a coach should walk away and say, what can I do differently? If oh, you right. don't, you need to be done, you know, because we all, you know, grow and learn. So the next year we came on, my daughter was also going to help us. So the three of us were coaching this team. We had 12 girls. And we used to like cut, you know, like, we'll, we'll take you 12. We'll see where we're at. And I just went and said, I, we're going to, these girls are going to go all the way. They're going to go all the way. And I had one girl on the team that every time we went to a competition, there was a little struggle bus thing, but I just said, no, we're going to trust her. You know, it was all about that trust thing. I'm going to trust her. I knew she had it in her to make it. And I was going to trust her. And when I started to let go of those fears of like, but what if she does this or what? And I started to really believe and have trust, more trust in my athletes. It changed my relationship with them. And it changed that year really was very transformative for me as a coach. Um, That doesn't mean we didn't cut at, you know, that you do make cuts, but I, I, you know, that happens sometimes, but I do say that the first thing that happens for confidence is that you have to, even though there's times where you're just like, oh my gosh, you have to trust them first, that they have it within them 
to achieve big things. Because I'm sure, Cindy, you've seen it. We've all seen it where we've had that kid that we've doubted and they have showed us differently. And we're like, oh my gosh, how did I ever doubt this kid? Yeah. So if you come across, you know, that's the first thing. The other thing about confidence is um, never tell a kid that they have, I just never tell kids, I, I did in the beginning, but that they have natural talent. No, you worked for that skill. There's yeah. nothing natural about it. You had to work for it because you give them power back. Because if they think it's just natural, then it's like, there it, you know, there it is. It's, I've just got this natural skill, you know. But if I say, you worked for that, wow, that, you know, look at how your work paid off. Then they know, well, if it paid off for me and I can do, you know, five Alice Cones into a double, maybe I can do six, you know, if I work hard enough. Give kids their power back by yeah. saying, you have it within you and, and kind of get rid of those whole, like, you know, those ideas that somehow it's natural. Yeah. You know, I have had the other thing about building confidence. The thing I I have to say, I have a problem with overpraise. We overpraise kids Mm -hmm. and overpraise is not healthy. So you have to find a balance of, of, praising kids, but it has to be legitimate. They know when you're not being real with them. Oh, they, so, I, I tell my kids, yeah. I would never lie to you. You know, yeah. if you're not looking yeah. good. You're going to know it from me. You know, yeah. we, we have cases where I make audios after we like at a practice some days I'll stand up top and I'll make a audio and then I'll go or, or I'll watch the video and make an audio of like, and I'll be like, girl, whoever you look, you know, you need to clean up your turns. It kind of looks like a hot mess. My team knows that I'm going to, I'm not mean. I'm no. And sometimes we have to change people out. Like here's an instance, like where if someone's kicks are lower and they're tall, I sometimes move them down the kick line so that the better, the higher kicks are towards the middle, but yeah, I'm right out front saying, oh, you know, I have to switch you with you because her kicks are higher and we're looking for that. It's a fact. They know it, you know. Right. And I'll I'll make it funny by, well, I still love you dearly, but I have to move you down the kick line a little bit, you know, and then work on your, you know, but I I usually follow it up. But I agree with you that I I think parents praise too much. You know, um, people post everything. My daughter got this or my son got this and class, you know, student of the try. And, and, and I always look at it like, what is that uh, the other kids feeling like, you know, like when parents post my daughter made the varsity jazz cut, I wish they wouldn't, you know? Well, I think that the other thing is, is that that overpraise isn't health. I mean, if parents could understand, it's not healthy for kids to be overpraised mm-hmm. and, and it's like an over awarded and over, you know, it's overdone. When I was coaching my daughters and we weren't competitive back then, but we had awards, they'd have some, and I did this dancer of the week thing. I told my daughters and my niece, you're never going to be dancer of the week just going to tell you straight out. It's it, now it's kind of a big joke, <laughs> but I just said, you don't need it. You have the confidence. There are other kids that need that boost and you don't need it. So I'm telling you right now, if there's awards that the girls voted for, you know, each other, you can get whatever award if the girls vote for you. But for me, I wasn't, and I just was straight up with them about it because I do think that kids get overpraised and it's not healthy for them. They have to have a balance and they have to have, uh, um, it's just, it's, it's, 
it can turn a kid into a little bit of an egomaniac if you're not careful. Right. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool. My, my daughter, Allie, who, you know, yeah. married into a family that I shouldn't talk about them on, on a podcast, but I will the Garrett's is in Brainerd here and they have seven kids in their family. And I have never seen a mom and dad, the great kids, like every single day we have practice. Thank you. Her, one of the girls, yeah. one of her sister-in-laws is on our team. Okay. Yeah. So Allie, we coach her sister-in-law and she's younger yeah. you know, and never have a day that she doesn't thank us before she leaves. And yep. also she, she, I will say right now, she's one of our very strongest dancers on our team. But if you ever give her any praise to her mom, like I one day text her mom and said, wow, this is happening. And she's doing so great. Later I asked Quinn and she didn't even know that her mom had gotten that text. Yeah. Mom didn't go back and go, Oh, Quinn, you got praised by the yep. coach. You know, um, because, and that makes them more humble and work harder, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, I always told my daughter, when you're on our team, you are going to be held to a higher standard. And Absolutely. As you're my yeah. kid. And that is not, maybe doesn't seem fair, but it's a fact, you know? Yeah. We're going to, and I'm telling my granddaughter right now, people are going right. to more, they're going to, you have to walk a little bit straighter line than most people, you know? And you know what, when we talk about the fair, it, you know, the, and you've heard that before, life isn't fair and right. it isn't. And, no. it, and, and the best way to teach kids is to, to, ex, you know, learn some acceptance about that, you know, learn to know that it isn't always going to be fair and we have to accept that. I used to do that also with my, you know, like I read a lot on birth order. I was very kind of obsessed with birth order for a while, like how we treat kids differently in a family. I really love like family counseling and family dynamics. And one of the things, you know, like how we treat our oldest compared to our middle to our youngest, well, I only have two daughters, but I just told my oldest daughter right away, you're the, I, I'm just doing the best I can. You're my, you're my, you know, and I know, I know that you're in a tougher position and I know I had higher expectations of you than I did your sister, but I just didn't know. I worried about things I didn't need to. And it just is what it is. I mean, sometimes you just have to admit it, you know? I don't know how we got on that, <laughs> but yeah. But I, I think all of this is relevant. So, you know, and, and the one thing I think that's really important for coaches is, is to talk to your athletes. You know, if you're thinking something, they should know it. I feel yeah. like, yeah. Of, and parents too, you know, if I, I, I really feel instead of being defensive, coaches would be better off to pick up the phone once in a while and call a parent and, or the child and make sure they know where they're coming from. And, you know, admit, yeah. you know, when you're working with kids confidence and they're, right. you want to try to make them stronger, but just like you said, you don't, you weren't a perfect mother with your oldest child. We're not perfect coaches. And I think right. they know that, like I had an incident last week with an athlete where I maybe didn't communicate. We're, we're rushing and going as fast as right. later, yeah. you know? And I didn't communicate that somebody was moving spots. And I went back and apologized because I said, right. you should have known. I just, you know, plus yeah. we this week, passing out costumes. It's the weirdest beginning of the year we've ever had because everything's right. condensed into eight days. When I think of what we've done in eight days, it's, it's amazing. So, right. well, anything else you want to say about just really thing, you know, when we have these kids' lives in our hands, any really important takeaways that, that coaches should just 
always keep in the back of their mind? I know I'm putting you on the spot kind of, but. No, you know what? When you were just talking about like pick up the phone. So I made a rule um, in the last few years that I will not answer an email or a text. I won't answer it. And so if you want to talk to me about something, you have to either be face to face or call me. I love and that, that, because you know what, it's so easy to shoot off that hurtful email and that hurtful text, which it, it can take a while to shake that off, mm-hmm. you know, and it does, and they're never helpful. They are, they, no coach is going to get a nasty email from a parent or, and say like, oh yeah, you're right. I, you know what, Susie should be, a, they're never, that's not going to happen. It's no. not helpful. Your child should so, be, a, you know, yeah. yeah. So I like that idea, but I also, you know, so this new business that I'm starting called Authentic Parenting 101, and I'm not trying to like sell it, but one of the things, one of the reasons I named it that, not just because of trying to find a name, a domain name and a name of a company that hasn't been used before, but I really started thinking about how, when we are not our authentic self with kids, as a parent, as a coach, as a counselor, as a teacher, we lose that intimacy that we can build in a relationship. So if it's all about relationships and you're just trying to always smooth things over or you're not your authentic who you are, if you're a little bit on the you know tough side and you, you try to calm that down a little or if you're, you know what I mean? Like you just have to be your authentic self because the when you develop relationships with other people, they will do things. They will do anything for you. It's always about the relationships. And that authentic self can be somebody who has flaws, can be somebody who can be a little short, you know, like maybe doesn't always, you know, dress things up in a pretty way and maybe can be a little harsh or maybe has moments that they're not at their best. But authenticity and trying to grow and be a better person will make you a better coach. And, 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 and teaching kids. And the other thing that that teaches kids because they make mistakes too, and they're not perfect either. And they all have these different personalities is that we can accept that in other people. And so if you can accept some of my flaws and some of my struggles and like, again, and you're just honest about it, then you're saying to that kid, I can accept yours too, you know, and that builds confidence too. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, wow. This has been great. We're probably getting long here, but I, okay. <laughs> I totally thank you for being on. And yeah, I, anytime. thanks for listening to anything but routine. If you like the podcast, subscribe and give us a rating. We'll see you next time.